Hey y'all, it's Mo. Um, I just wanted to drop in and say that this is our first episode that we have recorded successfully. Um, so I know the audio is a little bit off. We're going to work on that. Um, Dean and I are going to be alternating hosting the podcast. So this is his episode and then I'll probably do the next one. Um, I wanted to give a little disclaimer. Um, at one point we talk about Shanks's brother and we failed to explain we know that Shanks doesn't have a brother. That is our pet name for the Holy Knight that has Shanks's shadow. <laughs> and then also there's a part where we skip going into um, the Phantom Room initially and we go straight to the courtyard. And the reason for that is because we want to talk about all of the Phantom Room stuff in one go. I promise it's in there. You're just going to hear the courtyard uh, section first. So, yeah, there we go. Bye. Welcome to the Billion Berry Podcast. This episode contains foul language and spoilers up to chapter 1084. Listener discretion is advised. Hey. <laughs> All right, what's good, guys? Um, we're chilling here. We're going to talk about 1084, One Piece 1084, attempted murder of a celestial dragon. Uh, what's up, Momo? Um, I just want to say that I typed my notes in 12-point font for no reason, and I can barely read them. <laughs> That'll be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we start off with uh, the Shonen Jump cover of Luffy looking real nice with King as a skull pendant to his necklace. He's holding a sword. Why Why does Oda continuously give us Luffy with the sword and then not give us Luffy with the sword? <laughs> that question has to be answered at some point. Wait, um, is, is that like King's skull? It, like I, I don't, I don't think it's Kaido King's, <laughs> I think it's like Pirate King. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I hope, I hope the last Lunarian's not gone, but, <laughs> but who knows? That's the, um, the spinoff, the last Lunarian exactly it's it's a cover it's a cover story we just didn't know um then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna brush on this too much there's a nice little color spread in here and uh yeah i'll just say that. that's all i'm gonna say about that <laughs> i want to know why yamato is there yeah that's what i was trying to figure out i was like wait i mean but also when they when they when they had the the bad scene in wano yamato was also there but she was so that's the, interesting was she not with the dudes for that, though she was. Oh, she was. You're right. Because uh, Sanji went crazy. Yeah. But Kiku was with... Right. Kiku was with the women. You're right. Um. So, yeah. That's interesting that she's here now. She's with the guys before. It's interesting. But, yeah. There's some uh, There's some familiar faces on there. Um, Ulti? I didn't expect Ulti to be on there. <laughs> Am I mad at it? No. But, uh, yeah. All right. So, like I said, 1084. The attempted murder of a celestial dragon. So, uh, our man Sabo is in here, and he's uh, he's showing us his flame emperor uh, powers. He's using his fire as well as his pipe, it looks like, to take out all these guards. These guards look like they have nothing for Sabo. Sabo is uh, clear of these guys. And then he pulls up on uh, Jewelry Bonnie. So what did you think when you saw Jewelry Bonnie? Like, Because we, we kind of had a... a a slight mention of 
you know, I, I like Bonnie being at the reverie and, and her saying she had stuff to tell Luffy and stuff like that about his brother. And uh, here she is. So how did you feel about when we saw Bonnie in the chapter? Um, so I do have it written somewhere that we do not see her leave the castle in this chapter. Um, so they do part ways eventually, but we don't know exactly where she goes. We don't know how she gets off of Rijua and down to whatever ship she gets on to go to Egghead. Facts. Exactly. Exactly. So that's definitely a big plot point and we gotta get, we gotta get there at some point. She also, so... When her and Sabo pull up together, it's kind of cordial for two people that are like, you know, not necessarily like, you know, it's not necessarily like the world government and uh, pirate, but it is a revolutionary army and Julie Bonnie's a pirate. But, you know, it's kind of just interesting that like they pull up. Obviously, they both have a big connection to Kuma. So when they see each other, it's kind of like, oh, hey, um, I heard about Kuma having a daughter. I heard I've always been keeping tabs on the revolutionary army. Cause you know that's her dad, so she's been trying to figure out what was been going on with him. And then she says, "Sabo, you're trustworthy." She trusts Sabo how everybody else trusts Luffy, you know, or how Luffy trusts people. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, he says he won't do it, so that's fine." That's basically how that happened in this in this one. But if she's been tracking them down, she's been uh, learning about the Revolutionary Army. It makes sense. And then uh, Karasu comes in here, and he he has the keys to unlock all of the slaves. That's the, that's one of their uh, motives you know, coming into the reverie was to uh, free all the slaves, as much slaves as they could. And uh, they were talking about last chapter how they had collars that needed keys. So um, Sabo, I think Sabo might have gotten the keys. And yeah, I think it's Sabo that got the keys because I think he's giving them to Karasu. Yeah. And then he's taking them, right? He's taking them to uh, to yeah. go free the prisoners. So I wanted to talk about Karasu. Okay. Okay, so he summons, <laughs> he appears to, like, summon Karasu. Now, this is really odd or interesting. Um, so I want to know, like, did Karasu, like, give Sabo a piece of himself to hold on to? You know, because he is soot, technically, right? Right. So he could, he could technically give him, like, a pouch of soot or something that is technically... Because see, that's also the interesting thing about his fruit is we see a lot of Logias. We don't see a lot of Logias that make animals that are autonomous. Like, they can move right. on their own. So, you know, yeah. like, he, so that's also an interesting thing about it. And he probably chooses to take the form of a crow, right? Cause like, For sure. Soot could also that's why his name's Karasu. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, but he could have, like... That's a conscious choice because he also could just appear in the form of like smoke or like dust kind of stuff, you know? So now, for sure, what I want to know is when Sabo's talking to this crow, is he talking to Karasu, like the main Karasu, or is this like a Stella mm. situation where the crow is going to go like back to the main body and be able to report back? Oh, see, see, I was gonna, I was gonna hit you with the bar, but. You, ha you haven't watched Naruto, but basically <laughs> in Naruto, Naruto has shadow clones, right? Mm -hmm. So he can make clones of himself. But all of those clones have and him have shared experiences. So when, when, he, when he eventually releases his clones and they all come back to him, he knows all of the stuff that all of his clones sees. You know what I mean? Like basically he gets all the information back. So I think it's kind of like that with Karasu where like when the crow returns... It, it or like now when when uh Sabo's summoning it, he can 
he can talk to him like all the all of the clones have like a you know they can they can they have their own will if if that makes sense like they can talk to you and stuff like that but it's basically just a clone of him and i think the same thing with karasu so he can make a make a bird he can make a crow he can have it talk to you he can understand what it's saying but not be there and also like talk to other people at different times and like get information like i feel like he would be very good at uh the stealth side of things right you know what i mean I was like gonna say like if he can use this ability like while he's occupied like while he's talking to someone else or like while he's fighting or some shit like that is absurd yeah because isn't he isn't he fighting in uh the the Admiral right now technically like i mean last chapter that's what we saw right let me go back and see what the last time we see yeah because i'm pretty sure last time he was fighting uh or he was fighting he was fighting uh he morley was fighting green bull he was fighting fujitora for a little bit and I think he ran away, or, or like something happened in that fight. Oh, Sujitoro was like, "Oh, I can't summon meteor." <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, oh, that... "Wow, huh? Who would have thought?" Who would have thought? Yeah, can't summon meteors. What's going on here? And then Carlos <laughs> was like, "All right, bro." So then Sabo says, "I am." All right, I'm gonna keep going. Uh, I'll be right after you when you're when you're done. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna finish up here. I'm going to go, go uh, meet up with y'all after you go free the slaves and everything, and then we'll get out of here. So then he asked Bonnie, like, what's your next move? Wait, wait, wait. And... Why is he staying? Why is Sabo staying? Yeah. You know. Like, I mean, I, I know what happens, but, like, he specifically tells Dragon that they accomplished their three goals, right? So mm -hmm. why is he taking it upon himself to stay? The that okay, I'm I want to get to that in a second. Okay. So like um, so the next move, what's your next move, Bonnie? Bonnie says she's going to Egghead to see whether Vegapunk has a way to restore her dad's mind, right? So obviously we've seen Bonnie at Egghead, so that makes sense. But to your point, right? Uh, Sabo sees or Sabo senses that there's some guards coming, so he goes up into the air uh with Bonnie over like to like, uh, overpass uh near where they at to get away from these guards. And then he says, and then he sees the guards, right? The guards are saying, I swear I could have saw something. And then, the, and then he realizes, or no, they say it, it feels like there's a fewer guards around here. They're, sh they're shorthanded to cover this, a tower this big, right? So Sabo overhears them saying that. And he's, and then, uh, they also say, haven't you heard, like, you can blame you-know-what for that. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then they talk about how somebody had saw the Phantom Room, the legendary Phantom Room, the room with the with the, 20, with the 19 swords, I should say, <laughs> and, the empty, and the empty throne, right? So I think that is what made Sabo say. He heard somebody went into the Phantom Room, and I think that is why he stayed, and I think that's why he ends up seeing Dragon, I mean, not Dragon. Oh, my gosh. He ends up seeing Cobra. <laughs> I think Cobra and Dragon look alike, and that always gets me. I don't know why. He sees Co Cobra. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why he sees Cobra. He pulls up into the room when, like, because he's like, oh, the Phantom Room. And that's how he ends up seeing Eam, too, because remember, he saw he said he saw Eam. Yeah, I, just, so, I don't, like, I don't know. I'm wondering, because he says, like, before that, though, he says, I'll, 
I'll be right behind you after I'm done here. But like he should be done. I understand that he like hears the guards before that. But oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like, like he should. That should have been it. Yeah, that should have been it, so, right? Like it seems like he still had something on his yeah, mind even like, before that, he, right? Was he given a secret mission from Dragon? Maybe did he have his own agenda to see to while he was there? Yeah, it's very possible. Very Does that possible. Not mean anything, and I'm reading too much into it. Possibly. It's possible. It's all possible. Oda Oda gives you every avenue. He lets you think about it. He lets you discredit what you thought about it. Then he makes you wait. No, that was too easy, so it couldn't be that. And then he gives you whatever, and it always switches up on you. Like you have no, no matter what you think, he still he still finds a way to like twist it, and it's great. Okay, but um, um I have something to say about the Phantom Room. Go ahead. I want to know why the fuck that room isn't locked. Why? That's a great. Why are? That's a great why question. can people just fucking wander in there all willy nilly? Especially if they don't want to see Eames being seen. Okay. You know what I mean. Follow up: Is Eames <laughs> a vampire? And she's eating them, <laughs> and that's why she lets them in. Oh my god, that'd be wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. I mean, like, ah, uh, hmm, I. I, I want to talk about it a little bit more uh, a little bit later, like there's like in a little bit, because uh, we're about to go to that room in a second. But um, or not yet. I think we should go. I think we should talk about the the stuff outside of the room and then go into the room, if that makes sense. Um, so uh, Bonnie's still talking to Sabo, and then she's like, "It's a little odd to see a, a radical revolutionary acting so friendly, but obviously, you know, they both love Kuma. They both want Kuma to be okay, and they both want Kuma to get out of there. So they're like, all right, you know." Like, we'll, we're, we're fine. We're on the same side, basically. And then that's the last time we see them. And then I'm going to just scroll down to past the stuff that happens in the room for a second. <laughs> okay, so we go out, outside. We're in, the, we're in the courtyard. And speaking of Kuma, <laughs> Kuma is uh, putting Shirahoshi in chains. <laughs> and uh, I'm like... Oh my goodness. What is going on? And then she was she's you know, she's screaming, she wants somebody to help her out. And Charles is like, Yo, I finally got me a me a mermaid. I wonder what she eats. And I'm like, bro, I I am so mad at this guy. He is one of the most annoying characters in One Piece. He's so annoying. He's such a such a bad guy. Like by far one of the worst people uh we've seen and that these he's indicative of the type of people that dragon and sabo are trying to get rid of in mary joie and then shirahoshi's there and uh uh like there's like the there was the people that were trying to court her before the reverie there was a lot of different you know nobles that were trying to get their sons to marry shirahoshi right and a lot of them are around and once they realize that Kuma's taken over and Charles is there, they're like, oh, yeah, we're out of here. I'm sorry. We we don't really we don't really want to deal with this. And <laughs> so they all run away. Not, and not only do they not want to help her, but it's because she's not going to marry them anyway. That's facts. That's also true. It's like, why go through this hassle if nothing's going to come of it from us anyways? So they all run away. <laughs> and then her Shut brother. <laughs> Her brother, and I always mess these names up. Which one of them is this? Fukuboshi <laughs> is the biggest one, the loud one right there. Okay, Fukuboshi. So he's there, and he's like, yo, 
uh, uh, he was like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to turn up. This um, is my sister. I ain't says, having this. I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's game time, and so he's pulling up on Charlos, and uh, with a couple of of his other fishman friends, and then Kuma is about to hit him with a laser, and then super radical beam for real looks just like it and then they do a little dive action out the way but then the people that were behind them get hit and then fukuboshi's like yo kuma you used to be a warlord bro you used to be high standing in this world bro what are you doing kidnapping mermaids and working for charlos now like what's going on with you bro and then charlos is like get them kuma who cares if they're royalty, nobody cares. And I'm like, bro, what is going on here? Like, Charlotte's is like, yo, I, I, I'm going to tell it to y'all straight. I know Fishman Island is allowed to come to the reverie, but I can do whatever I want. And I'm going to do whatever I want. And I have Kuma who makes it possible for me to do basically whatever I want. I so, like, I like that he, or I mean, I don't like it, but it's ironic that he says, besides, they're just fish. Meanwhile, he's trying to capture a whole fucking fish. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, well, um, exactly what you're trying, who you're trying to capture is exactly who you're like discrediting is kind of funny. Um, so then, my man Leo pulls up, right? <laughs> he pulls up with Rebecca, and they're like, "Shara Hoshi, oh my God, what's going on?" And then Sai pulls up too, and he's like, "Moisgard, the the celestial dragon that had hit." Charlos in the face with the club earlier. He says, he's like, he says to him, Can I hit him? And then he's like, Yeah, I'll take full responsibility for it. Do whatever you gotta do, bro. You know, I was and I'm like <laughs> I was thinking about that too, because I was like, um that's the like that'd probably be like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, right? Because nobody can say no to a celestial dragon, right? So like in theory, do they get in trouble for this? Right, like because they cannot. If 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 Mozart says I told them to hit Charlos, okay. Well, do they get in more trouble for hitting a celestial dragon or for disobeying a celestial dragon? That's a fact. I think that hitting would be the yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but does it does it like do they cancel each other out? Like, <laughs> right, right. That's the that's the interesting thing. And remember earlier they were saying the gods knights usually it's like so it, it gets to a point where if two celestial dragons how Muzgard and charlos had an argument the holy knights have to break up the argument they're the ones that resolve it like uh big red doll clifford was talking about that he was like you know <laughs> he was like you know uh the gods the gods knights are gonna handle that i'm not gonna handle that i'm not gonna even think about it like that's that's their thing the celestial dragon thing it's a gods knights thing i'm not gonna think about it so that's interesting as well because they have to like have some intermediary between the two because not all of them like I mean they're basically equal except for the leader right so that's very interesting how like the dynamics between each celestial dragon is we haven't really seen them interact in this way until this arc when he hit him with the club for basically doing the same thing earlier and then now he says you know Sai, go go up, go in, do what you got to do. I'll take the blame for it because it's like it's crazy. And then so 
I also like this moment because it speaks to the type of guy that Mozgard is. Like he he realizes that he needs to be better, and he has been acting better. But also just like his his uh his acknowledgement of what's actually going on, right? And what I mean by that is, a lot of times we think about One Piece, and there's there's you know there's different factions and there's different things going on. But right now, like you were saying, we have a celestial dragon who's basically trying to capture uh. A princess of a kingdom yeah, still, that is not you, you know what I mean. I'm still a noble, but not quite their level, right? So, but but also you have to think take and take out the noble. Like you know, you're underneath the celestial dragon no matter what, and we know how the fishman the fishman's plight, right? Like so, the the uh, the Ryu kingdom like they're 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 like they can't make a big splash at this river either, especially if they want to like you know their goal was to join like to, to join the people up up you know at the at the sea level like they want to go up that was their whole thing they wanted to live with everybody and Cher Hoshi was talking about the the forest that they saw on the way into reverie and how like oh there's trees and it's bright out here and I've, I've never seen anything like this and I want you know I mean I want to be out here like that so yes she's getting captured but then her brother is jumping in there and he's also a noble and it's like, yo, he's the prince. Like, he's literally the prince of, of, of this nation. So, Mozgard jumps in there. And he's like, yo, Sai, he's a pirate, yo. Like, basically, he's a pirate now. Like, he can, he he leads, he does lead, like, you know, uh, an army and stuff. But, like, he's a pirate. So, he can do whatever he wants. And also, like, I'm giving him permission. You are a noble. You can't be, you can't jump in here like that, right? Like, you have to show restraint. And... It was interesting that he said that, and then the next thing that Charles does is, <laughs> Moisgard, you hit me earlier, Kuma, kill him. Like, <laughs> like it's just crazy how like you can contrast these two uh, celestial dragons in the moment, and what their ultimate goal is, and what they and how they react. Like Moisgard jumps in front of a raging fishman, you know, like one of the strongest fishmen there there is, and he's like, yo, like you gotta calm down, you gotta show restraint, and then Charles just wants to kill him like you know what i mean like charlos has no chill whatsoever uh, in anything that he does his, uh Muse back is turned to him too like low yeah low, dude for sure like it's crazy like he's he's yeah he's facing he's facing Fukubushu. so like it's like bro like that's crazy and then um then then Fukubushu says what's the difference Musgard? we can't just sit back and let him treat our little sister like that escaping is easier for them they don't have a country to think about. You know what I'm saying? They're pirates. So they can get out of there. You have a country. We know where you're going to go even if you're not here. You know what I'm saying? The rivery, all the dust clears and all the crazy stuff happens. He could just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Fisherman Island. I'm about to go get Sharahoshi now. You know what I mean? Like, that is what a celestial dragon is allowed to do. But Sai can step in there and they, and the Tantata can step in there. They're, they're part of a pirate crew. And they can... They can escape. They can run away, and it'll be fine. There's nowhere you're gonna find them. They're they're pirates. They move around, right? And they don't have a standing in the world, so it's fine for them. And they also want to do this because you're attacking somebody that that does one is innocent, two like that is like kind of their friend. They I don't know if they I don't know how much they know about Sharahoshi, but like they Rebecca knows of her and oh, has well, had so a conversation with her. They bonded when they first all arrived at Reverie. They bonded right exactly. Reverie. They had that whole thing exactly so you know what i'm saying so basically my man leo and my man side come in there and uh they do some crazy attacks so i get a we got a tantata has secret art 
and we got a and then Cheryl Hoshi's like, Leo, don't do it. Don't do it. He's a celestial dragon. And then he comes down with the, which one do you think is his? Tail the tail hammer. The tail hammer. And then Sai hits him with a drill dragon nail. And I think that's because uh, of Chen Zhao, his head was like the drill. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And it's also interesting that it was a dragon, a uh, dragon move that he oh. used <laughs> on a celestial dragon. And then, so they come down with the boom <laughs> on Charlos, and he is flattened. He looks like and a, I mean, a Gear 5 animation. Yeah. And he also looks like the caterpillar from A Bug's Life. Yes. He also looks like Pot of Greed, if you've ever played Yu-Gi-Oh! And, <laughs> and he also looks like an Akorian, kind of. Uh, he is, he's, he has, he's like, he's down and out. But, so Charlos is like, so so everybody's like screaming. I'm like, yo, what did they do to Charlos? They must have killed him. They murdered a celestial dragon. And Admiral's going to show up for sure. And then out of the ground, Morley pops up. And he says, stop picking on Kumachan. And, and he just, he comes out of the ground with his fruit. And then he just wraps his arm around Kuma. And then just fades back into the ground. <laughs> And I was like, that was crazy timing. And then he uh, he says he says to Kuma, you don't have to listen to anybody's orders anymore. It's okay. Let's go home together. So it, and then then they're like, yo. And then the people outside are like, yo, what is going on here? Like, when did a giant come out of the ground? Like, can somebody please explain what is going on in this sequence of events that we were just been watching? Like, imagine just being like a, another person there. There's nobody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like yo, just watching that. Like, what is going on here? Okay. And then, I have two, two questions. Um, do mm -hmm. you think that Kuma, do they have to like subdue him? Like, is he gonna actively be trying to get back to his master underground? Or do you think That's that, good... like, does does he have some like? I mean, I understand it's not of his own like free will or volition, but does he have mm -hmm. like a loyalty to his masters that he thinks he has to get back to them, or does he kind of just do whatever anybody tells him to because he's kind of mindless at this point? That's also a good question because, like, we see him listening to a celestial dragon, and then we see him listening to dragon, and then he runs away from dragon, yeah. kind of on his own. So it's like, like he listened to him for a bit. He showed him whatever uh, he was trying to show him, and then he left. And it was just like, what is going on with, what's going on with Kuma? Like, Bonnie's trying to go to Vegapunk and figure it out. Kuma seems to like. He seems to have some, some thoughts, like, or some, like, like he's in there somewhere, moments, I want to say. And also, it's just like, at other times, it seems like, oh, no, he's completely gone. He's a, he's a, he's a robot. So it's just like, it's really interesting to see what, I want to know what happened to him. Right? Like, I want to know if he volunteered to be a, a test dummy if he follow, if he volunteered to like yeah he did didn't he because i think so vegapunk says something about when he's talking to bonnie about what happened he says something that he um and why and why your, would your he dad do that? asked for this or something like yeah I don't yeah like why would he do that it's really interesting but yeah i mean he looks like he's listening to the orders of the celestial dragon 
So maybe maybe the maybe they gave him like an authority chip or something like in a like in a seraphin kind of way. Yeah, yeah, like maybe, you know, like, and he's listening to Charlotte because of that. And then, but it's very interesting to see what happens. Um, and my next with question him. is: Do you think that excuse me, using Morley's powers, they tunnel all the way to the bottom of the red line, and that's how they escape? Yo, that would be ridiculous if he just they just went straight down <laughs> and they had a ship at the bottom and they just plopped onto the ship and just rolled out. That would be the perfect <laughs> way to grab all the slaves, too, because it's not like like nobody can follow them if they're inside the ground. That's also very true. He's the only um, one that can open a passageway. Yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be really interesting. I don't. Yeah, and I, I, it's going to be interesting how they got all of those slaves out of there, too. So that's not a bad idea. That's what I was thinking, that he just, like, opens up a pocket, brings everybody that he wants, and they just go straight down. That's true, that's true. Yeah, it's it's interesting, too, because um, we see, we end up seeing Sabo pull up with the people from Lucia, too, that were kind of in, they got, they kind of got caught up in the whole um, pre-reverie situation and stuff like that. And they become part of the Revolutionary Army. It's interesting to see like all of these slaves. They're from different. They're from different. Like, I guess. How do, how do we assimilate them into the population that we know now? Like, are they going to become all Revolutionary Army people? Are they going to go out in the world? What are they going to do? I wonder what. I wonder what the imagine, the thought of freeing the slaves is. I imagine that Dragon would want to give them the opportunity to choose what they want to do. Yeah, that'd be great. Because I feel like they haven't, because they, that, that's what, exactly what they haven't had, mm-hmm. is the opportunity to be themselves or do what they wanted to do for however long they've been a slave. So it's just crazy. And the, this is like the first freeing of slaves from Mary Joa since, since like Fisher Tiger, right? Yeah. When Fisher Tiger pulled up and Bo and them got out and stuff like that. And he freed, oh, he freed a lot of the fishermen. So like, that's interesting as well um and uh so then we go to i think it's what's his name i always forget his his dad's name roswald roswald's there and he's like what did they do to my boy (laughs) and he's like (laughs) and charlotte's there still flattened and uh bro what the fuck did you think was gonna happen you just saw your son's ass beat Okay, he just yeah, sees you it, bloody and crying, and you're like, you know what's a good idea? If we go back and try the exact same thing again. And all, and like, it was just, it was just a, a, a slap from Musgard earlier. This is like two yeah, strong, like stronger to, people, like strong fair, people in the world now. Musgard did have Kaido's weapon though, so he had a kind of. You say he had a kind of bow. That no, was a, that was a whole guy. <laughs> he had Kaido's weapon. What is Kaido's weapon? The, the big ass mace thing that um, yeah it's like the same yeah, yeah. it's the same weapon yeah yeah for sure he got the club he got yeah. the he got the ogre club I call it the ogre club that's what it is um so yeah that pretty much wraps up that part of the chapter so we have an attempted murder of a celestial dragon now think about how that's gonna read in Morgan's headlines. And that wasn't even the craziest thing that was happening at that point. Like, the amount of things that happened in the last month is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I thought about that, uh, like, a chapter ago when 
Sabo, when this whole like flashback started and Sabo was talking, like they, they were like, oh, a month ago at Reverie. I'm like, bro, it was a whole different world pre-Reverie. Like, and we're going to find out more things that are going to shake even the, the context of what we know now, right? Speaking of which. Oh, real fast. I will go back. In chapter mm -hmm. 1072, um, when Bonnie is trying to murder Dr. Vegapunk. He says, I'm right. not trying to pull a fast in here. You have to believe me. Nobody made the decision for him. Kuma chose that fate for himself. There we go. So it would really be interesting to see why he did it and what his motives are. Because remember, he was part of the Revolutionary Army. He's part of he's one of the founders. So what made him become a like a like a quote unquote slave for the world government and then become a slave for the Celestial Dragons? And even when he was a kid, we saw like pieces of his flashback. They wanted to make him into a slave. And I was like, why? Why is that? Like, he is bigger than, you know, the average person and stuff like that. But like, yeah, what like, about what, him? What is so special about him? Yeah, what is about him? Also, that, also uh, real fast caveat. So we see Vegapunk talking to Kuma about, and this is a previous chapter, I believe, 10,071. And he wants Kuma to... He's talking about the weight of the soul and everything, right? And, like, he wonders if memories can be compiled and if they have a tangible weight and if they could be extracted. So I wonder if Vegapunk was able to remove certain memories and information from Kuma's brain so that when he yeah, what... did become a slave and everything, they couldn't extract that information from him. That's also possible. And it's also possible that he did it he did it so yeah like that, that that's also true but like it's also interesting that he comes back and then he shows dragon what happened he basically became like an empty vessel memory wise mm -hmm. so he had like capacity but then if vegapunk you know like you vegapunk sent him in there and once vegapunk knows now that he can um i don't know if vegapunk sent him in there but the point is like now that he knows he can extract his memories maybe he extracted his memories from before sent him out there so he could get more memories that he could extract as well. And then, like, they could figure out what was going on in Marriage Royale, like, basically as a spy, kind of, sort of. But it also is, like, why would Kuma volunteer himself for this project? Like, something had to been crazy. And for him not to, like, Bonnie not to know. And for every, like, you know, like, all this stuff. And, like, she's crying and, like, watching what's happening to her dad. So, like, everything's going to be very interesting. Apparently every time anybody joins the revolutionary armory they just like forget about their friends and family because we got dragon who does not give a shit about luffy we got robin who joined them and then didn't say a goddamn thing to luffy about sabo <laughs> or her his dad uh we got kuma who has abandoned bonnie so i don't know what is going on in the revolutionary army but they said fuck them kids yeah, no, for real though. They said it, we got bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? There's there's bigger things going on. And uh, okay, speaking of which, I went from the side of my notes that was small to the side of my notes that was a little bit bigger. <laughs> okay, the first thing I I will start this off with a question because you brought this up earlier and I wanted to, I wanted to revisit it. I'm ready. You said earlier. Why why is it so easy to get into the throne room? Or like why is it not locked, right? My question is, why are they having this conversation with Cobra in the throne room? That's not locked. 
like like that maybe, like wait like, like what maybe some, <laughs> because maybe there's a rogue fucking revolutionary army officer that's just bebopping around inside this fucking castle yeah i don't i, I don't know i don't know what's going on but i was like wait because like even even so right like this is this is Marijua. This is this is Pangea, right? Like, how many rooms are in that jump? Like, how many rooms do you think are in that castle? We just happen to have this conversation with with Cobra in front of the empty throne in the room with the nineteen swords. Yeah, they could. You know gone, what I mean? They could have gone to the room that like Shanks meets them in. That's a different room. Yeah, or whatever room that was, or Shanks's brother. We'll get to we'll get to that at some point. <laughs> yeah, we could have gone to Shanks's brother's room. You know what I mean? We could have we could have gone somewhere else. There was there's plenty of places. There was also the the, uh, the big round table place where the where the kings were meeting earlier. Remember mm-hmm. that big round table? They could have just met in there, but no. They bring him to the throne room, and they ask King Cobra. I have so many ruler of things to say about this. I'm sorry. I'm so of, excited. No, you're good. <laughs> ruler of Arabasta. Okay. No. I say Alabasta because I'm because I'm a. No. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Why are all the fucking official translations wrong? Okay. It's Anel, not Eneru. It's Alabasta, not Arabasta. Why? It's it's Zoro, not, not Zolo. Well, that one. <laughs> Ugh. The uh the Animal Kingdom pirates. Nah, bro, it's the Beast pirates. Let's not do this. <laughs> it's funny. It's just funny because you get to a certain level of like, if I was reading this and I had no clue about Japan or no clue about like, or I wasn't this into One Piece, I would just take all of the names for face value. But now that we're like so deep in the community, like we like read about it, we talk about it now. And, God, imagine uh, how just embarrassing about it. it would be if like you had only ever read like this. And then you told someone one day, yeah, my favorite character is Zolo. Yo, imagine. <laughs> imagine. And there was there was people, there's people's names that they used to change in the uh, in the four kids. Yeah. Like, so it was just fu- it was just funny. Like I, I could only imagine if that was the only way you uh interacted with One Piece and then you pulled up to somebody and had a conversation, they'd be like, Bro, what are you talking about? Like, yes, yes, that happened, there. but that's not that person's name. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, all right, all right. We got some stuff, we got some stuff. Okay, so we pull up to the throne room. They say, what have you come to ask? And then they say, perhaps I should start from the beginning. Cobra says, right? Like he says, I'm gonna start from the beginning. Long ago, uh, the four nations lived together in harmony. <laughs> And then <laughs> there was a Luffy avatar at the end. Um, <laughs> as you are aware, the organization known as the World Government was founded 800 years ago when 20 different monarchs came together. All right. And then they said, and then he says, their families all promptly moved to Marijua to live as one clan. Referred to as the Celestial Dragons. Now, I wanted to stop there because I had a question. So, or not a question, but I had it like I thought it was a good talking point. So, like, their families all moved to Marijua to live as one clan, referred to as the Celestial Dragons. So, it's interesting to me because it's like, how, okay, so the 20 monarchs came together, right? 
but all their families moved to Marijuana. And then they were called Celestial Dragons. But like the and then and they say the ones responsible for the creation of or, or he says the ones responsible for the creation of the world no, as is such. Yes, yeah, and and as such, they have ruled over their creation ever since. So it's a weird fucking way to word that, right? It really is because like what one we know over the creation of the world. So is the is is Marie Joie on the red line at this point? It is. It is. So the red line already uh, exists at this point and is separating the world into four oceans. Yep. I think so. Uh but also like the thing about it is this. The, the if they all they all moved to Mary Joie and became celestial dragons, right? So they all become one clan, they say. That also is interesting to me because it seems obvious that there's different celestial dragon families. You know what I mean? That kind of like, they're not like, they seem to be separate. They're not like a clan together where there's like, they are of the same uh, standing, but they are not the same in terms of like, you know what I mean? Where you'd be like, oh, I mean, this, the people in breeding up there this whole time, uh, which, which, which would not surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> Because that's uh, probably why Charlos looks like that. No, actually, though, for real. <laughs> and um, but yeah, okay. I, I guess I'll get to it a little bit later because the it builds up a little bit. So internally, the twenty were considered equal, and to ensure that no individual dictator would rise up from among them, they installed the empty throne. Each of them placed a weapon around the throne to symbolize their vow. They would never try to sit up, uh, try and sit up upon it. So it's a cute throne. It really is, and and drag. I mean, cobra. Oh my god, I gotta stop doing that. Cobra, <laughs> cobra, <laughs> cobra is talking to the Gorosei, and it's just like they're just sitting here with blank expressions. They're like, "Yeah, that's the story we tell everyone." continue we know you have more to say than just that right like it's it's kind of funny where they're Did just come like here for a fucking history lesson cobra Do you yeah know? and it's like also we was like it's not like you it's not like you don't know we know that you know why are you why are you telling us that you know you know what i mean <laughs> and okay so then he says at the same time new royal families were handpicked to rule the nations that the founders cannot preside over themselves those families are still in power to this day so that's a that's an interesting nugget because they said the 20 nations those monarchs and their families like the original 20 right those monarchs and those families minus the nefertari family went up to mary joie to become celestial dragons then new families were picked to be the rulers of the nations that they left behind right so, so completely different that, last names, completely different rulers. Exactly. So I just wanted to make that clear because it's also interesting that we know like uh, Doflamingo's family had come down and then he tried to be the ruler of, uh, of Dressrosa. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just stuff like that. So like it's interesting that there was there was people coming down. There was people going up. This It's a lot of like uh, there's a lot of symbolism even in the way that they, they like the celestial dragons are talked about 
and the way that the the way that they they talk about like regular people and the way that like like in, in that instance where Doflamingo's family comes down and then they're just treated like regular people Doflamingo can't handle that because he thinks that he's supposed to be a higher being than everyone else and I mean like why would and also think that? they literally up they took every single person with the same last name as you and put them on a pedestal literally like right above the entire yes world Right, and and that's the thing, right? Where it's like celestial dragon. We are above you. We live above you. Where you, you know what I mean? Like, and we're closer to the gods than you are, and all of that. So, like, I, I think it's very, very interesting symbolism in and of itself because the people that they're trying to get rid of are the celestial dragons, and they're trying to bring them down to earth. <laughs> um, and also just like cobras. Cobra was talking about how they replace this. This might come up later, but how they replace the the families of the people that you know that left to go to be celestial dragons. They replace those families with different families. So there's basically what thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine like different families that all are involved in this because there probably was like an install in each country other than um, Alabasta. Fifty nations, I believe. I wrote this down for ten eighty three. I'm not sure where it's at. I want to say there are fifty nations that participate in the world government, but not all of those were part of the original twenty kingdoms. Of course, right. because there was only twenty kingdoms. Right. Um, well, actually, I think there's. I think there's technically, like, if we talk about the world government, right? The world government. I think there's like one hundred and twenty, but the fifty are the fifty most prominent that are invited to the reverie yeah that and then of those 50 yeah and then of those 50 the uh there's the 20 you know there's the 19 families basically that are special and um you know the 19 19 families that rule over the nations that the celestial dragons left and then but uh yeah and then alabasta so they uh so the so is there's a lot of there's more there's more families than you would think that could be involved in all of this. When I thought about that, I thought about just like I wonder I wonder what the D has to do with this. Cause I feel like in some of these nations, the D clan members may have like it might have gone from it might have gone from D clan members to non D clan members or something like that. Cause like we, I mean, obviously, we don't know what happened in the Void Century, but there seems to be a lot of records being erased, a lot of reforming and forming the world, as 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 Dragon put it. Uh, they created the world. Cobra. Um, so there might be, there might be something to do with I the the replacing the. Okay. Yeah. So I'm wondering if there's some type of memory manipulation going on, and I don't just mean erasing like texts and shit i'm talking about like real like like, like actual a- memory changing like a devil fruit or something um Ooh. because what i want to know is it says hold on. um in order to ensure the smooth transition all references mentioning the previous dynasty's reign were removed from each of the founders respective home countries how does that like but what about the people that have lived there like they how, how are you going to make them forget that yeah like they 
Like, yeah, you might erase it from, like, the textbooks or whatever, but, like, everybody still knows. How does that not get, how does a name not get written down somewhere, passed along somehow? Right, but, and I guess, I guess they mean, I guess they, I guess, uh, Cobra means, like, in, in the world government's mind, like, in the world government's books and the world government, you know, you know how they, they propaganda stuff, like, I was talking to you last week about, like, Noland and how they, like, made him see, like, he's a liar even though he's telling the truth. You know what I mean? And all the stuff that happened with him. Like, the world government will, we, as we know, will manipulate the information to the point where you don't know what's the truth and what's not the truth. But, like, as as Cobra says, like, we have ancient texts. Like, Alabasta has ancient texts. Arabasta has ancient texts. super old kingdom. Like, older than right. a lot of them. Old, old, old as sand. You know, like, so it's just like they have they have ancient texts from all the way back then. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Wano has some ancient texts from way back when. Right. Obviously, they're not part of the world government, but just like nations like that that have been around forever. We know for a fact that they have their own ancient texts. So I guess it's more of a more of a like a in the world government's eyes thing or as they like uh, project it to the world. Right. Well, OK, you know, let's erase Let's erase the uh, the memories of the people that 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 fo- that formed and turned into the Celestial Dragons, and we'll just go forth from okay, uh, whatever whatever family is leading this nation, they led they led from the beginning, and that we'll start here, and then that's how that's how. So basically, that also explains a lot of why we why the, why it was the Void Century, right? Because after it, all of the all of the stuff that happened previous basically was erased. You know what I mean? <laughs> they basically started fresh. And that's why it was the Void Century. Like, that also is part of it where it's like they 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 took it to a point where all of the all of the previous stuff that happened, they were like, Yeah, let's get rid of that and just start history from this point on. And you know, the world started eight hundred years ago and there was nothing that happened before it. Even though we know we don't like how that was going, so we're just gonna get a do-over. Yeah, I'm gonna hit redo, um, and then I'm gonna hit undo, and um, then I'm gonna hit undo again. <laughs> okay, according to Robin, Alabasta has existed since 500 years before the Void Century, perhaps even longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's old. <laughs> oh, and then the royal palace itself predates the kingdom and has existed for around 4,000 years. So before Alabasta was even like a country like a combined country there were right. still people and stuff living there so i mean like yeah at least yeah. four thousand years ago there was stuff going on there right and that also takes us to the point where like this the the idea that before there was technology and civilization like at a higher level that there is today makes perfect sense it's been four thousand years you know what i mean <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like back then, especially like pre-void century, there was there's probably plenty of different technology and stuff like that, and then it all got that all got erased too as they rebuild and they, as the world got created. That might not just be uh, like an offhanded statement. That might be how they started to like re when when technology started to reassemble when stuff started to come back. If that makes sense, like from before the void century like they restarted basically so human number one uh 
ancient ancient times we find fire you know what i mean like that type of thing where they <laughs> they started at ground one with technology and that that re risen again that had to that had to rise again for them to get to where they are now you think this is the first time the the, the void century that we know about you think this was the first time that it's happened or you think they do like a mass reset every like couple thousand years or whatever you know Eam talking about the cleansing got me got me thinking that i i don't think i think that was the first time and I think that there's been a little one since, if that makes sense. I think that like the void century was the first time they did, they did the cleansing. And then there's been little, little cleansings in between. They've been basically managing it ever since. Mm -hmm. Like uh, when they got rid of God Valley, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, where, you know, they there's like, oh, okay, let's get rid of God Valley. Let's execute Gold Roger. Let's, you know, like little, little things like that, where they, they're trying to, let's, uh, let's Buster call O'Hara. You see what I'm saying? Like little things like that where they've been trying to keep it under wraps. But I think the first time was the Void Century. And that's why they're so scared of them finding out about the Void Century is because that was the first time. And that's when everything popped off. And that's when everything started. So that's what I think happened. Um, so then we get to the point where Cobra's down here. And he's like, so, you know, the, there was 20 monarchs, but one of them was Queen Lily of House Nefertari. And she didn't stay. We know that. Um, she was supposed to go back to Arabasta. And that is why in Arabasta, the Nefertari family is still in, um, is still in rule. But it also means there's only 19 swords placed around the throne. And they were like, yeah, exactly. So what's your point? And he was like, I looked at all the texts in Arabasta. And all of the accounts after the void century have something in common they don't mention lily at all all right so what did you think about that <laughs> so she okay she was supposed to go back and be the monarch um the reason her name isn't in there is because she literally never came back she wasn't there to have more history written about her right and so also, I don't think it's a conspiracy that her name isn't in the history books. Like, I don't think that is the conspiracy because she literally just wasn't there. But she's supposed to be. That's the problem. Is that she that's that's the problem back. that she should she should have she should have went back. It's not weird that she's not there. Yeah. Like, like he knew he knew what it meant. I think Cobra knew what it meant when he was saying it. Right. He was like, so. Basically, I'm asking where 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 did she go? What happened? Because like we don't have any record of her, so that will only mean one thing: something I happened. Do, she never made now, it back. What I will say is kind of strange about ne never having another mention of her ever. Is you would think that there might be a mention that said something like, and then she never returned. And then Lily never returned, and then it was super weird. Right. And then we celebrated her birthday for a couple years after. But there's nothing that is strange to me. So maybe they did get to those ancient texts and cleanse it. Um, it's possible, uh, especially if your theory of you know Lily being <laughs> oh, I got, I got someone we will see soon. I got, <laughs> I got. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to go to court. <laughs> okay. So um, he asked Cobra. Asked, "Do you have any record of what became of her?" And Saint J Garcia himself, because we actually know man, his name, the myth, the legend. You know, he says. Uh, 800 years is a long time. And then it is true that of the 20 families, the Nefertari line did not move here. 
However, it was believed that the queen returned back to her country after that decision. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid that details about her motives and journey are lost to the annals of history. We simply do not know. Okay. And as as he is saying this, sorry, I just want to say, as he is saying this, there's a transponder snail there, and we see Eam, and Eam is like basically listening in to all this conversation. Eam is frolicking in the flowers. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a courtyard-looking thing inside the castle that has roots that look like they're sticking through. beautiful when it's like colored and animated. Oh, for sure. This almost looks like um, Green Bull went in there and just made it all flowery, and oh, then because like if, it's like. <laughs> what if Eam asked for that? What if she was like, "It's a little dreary in here. Can I get some greenery, please?" And the Eam is literally like uh, letting butterflies uh, lay on on their hands and stuff. So like yeah, they're definitely she's in. Dainty <laughs> lady. So you say. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, so after after Cobra asked this question. He's there with a straight face on, grimace, like, let me know. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, oh, we don't know. So he's like, all right. If you don't know that, then um, what is the meaning of the initial D? And no, I am not talking about initial D, the end of it. <laughs> I am talking about the Jesus. D. Luffy D. <laughs> Monkey D, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so he asked about the will of D, basically. And Samurai Gandhi asked him, why did you, why'd you ask that? And he responds, the truth is a short letter penned by the queen has been passed down from one generation to the next. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Let me scroll down. <laughs> But basically, there was a letter written by Lily that 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 basically mentions the will of D. I'm guessing, right? Mm -hmm. So the next scene we see in the throne room is one of a shadowy figure. One might say a lady. Um, one might say I. I still am not convinced, but I don't know. I we're gonna get yeah, there. Yeah, no, you're, you're no, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. But Eam is walking up the stairs to the empty throne, and the girls say, "Flip she, out." She has her own private entrance too. Like she was in her little flower room. She comes up and the just side. pulled up. Just pulled up. Obviously, we know we know Eam is the Eam is is the top dog out here. You know what I mean? She is that. There's no there's no will. there's no bones there's no bones about it. So. The girls they turn around and like, yo. Okay, first of all, I want to talk about this panel because I've I've never been more convinced that uh, Samurai Gandhi literally has the 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 Shodai Katetsu because <laughs> like he the way he's like his stance in this in this chapter it looks like my man is ready like he's ready to pull that joint out at any moment. But <laughs> but um, they say Emu Cobra's still here. What are you doing here? Like, why would you come out? First of all, whoa, 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 what? Yeah, Cobra's like, ain't, ain't no way, ain't no fucking way. And <laughs> Eam is there and says, Lily, and sits down on the empty throne. Thumps down. Thumps down, sorry, yes. Thump. <laughs> 
I actually like the throne. I like how the throne is with the two uh, lions, it looks like, on, on either side. It's a sick throne, bro. It is. It is. It gives me Game of Thrones vibes. Um, and then we see the we see some of the 19 swords in front of Eam. And Eam is just sitting there. And no, and the little bo Oda box says, no hesitation to sit on the throne. And unfortunately, we have a break next week. But... Okay. This gives you the floor. I am so ready. Give me your prediction for whom and what Eam looks like. Okay. Um. First of all, I want to go back to um him asking about the Will of D and everything. Okay. So, the way that St. Jay Garcia says, well, you know, 800 years ago was a long time... <laughs> but, I, but i but i think if i remember correctly she did leave here like the way that he words it to me really does sound like like he is trying to retrieve a memory from his own head yeah it's interesting it, it, i will say that it's interesting that um they're not really tripping they're not yeah. like the yeah. girls they aren't so really they're not really like I, they're not really <laughs> we've been discussing at length why the fuck cobra would go in there knowing that he was gonna piss them off and get killed like he knows who these people are he knows that they don't play around like they will just end him and he knows that and this whole time we've been thinking like why would he do that why would he that's so strange he knows he's gonna die but the gorose are being surprisingly agreeable the only time there's any reaction is when he asks about the will of d and it's not all of them that have no it's so samurai gandhi and he yeah. I don't know what the other guys are called. Oh yeah, I, I don't know how to describe them either. Oh, there was one that there's one that somebody calls the uh hold on, all right. There's one there's one with like uh blonde hair. He's in the middle. He they call him Sanju's dad. Um there's uh the dude, what's the dude from Monopoly? There's Monopoly guy. Monopoly man. Um uh, Monopoly man. There's Saint Jay Garcia and I called the other one um Gone Fall, but that's just me. Okay. So, Gonfall and St. Jay Garcia, they don't look mad. They just, they're like, oh, okay, fuck. No, or like intrigued. Yeah, they're like, here we go. Okay. Yeah. Um, The other people look pissed, but that's the first time that they have any type of reaction, really, to Cobra talking to them. Which yeah, because like I was saying was before. Surprised. I thought that they would be, I thought they were going to be, as soon as he brought up the Void Century and shit, I thought that they were going to. Like I don't, I don't know. Nothing good was gonna happen. To be fair, to be fair, I think they, I think they're a little bit, um, they're past that in their minds. Like Cobra, this is Cobra. This is and basically also a celestial dragon light. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he, he also comes from like we were just talking about an extremely old country. So if anybody is going to know about the Void Century, it's likely to be the leader of a, such an old country. Especially about like the way that he's that he asked these questions and in reference to Lily, it's like, oh, it seems like he's trying to figure out what happened to his country and not like a overarching thing. Yeah, and yeah, then he like, mentions the will of D and then they're like, Okay, that's a little like why you asked that? They didn't you know what I mean? And um You're right though, Saint Jay Garcia's like, Yeah, that was a long time ago and uh, I don't know. If memory but serves. If memory serves that's what happened. And then it seems like 
And also, I was saying, like, uh, Cobra, yeah, Cobra would know all of these things that he's saying. And it basically seemed to me like in the beginning, they were they were like, yes, we know you know about what happened in the, in the uh, you know, like, with the with the kingdoms and the formation of the, like, obviously, you're the leader of Arabasta. You know these things. So why are you asking these questions? And then he gets to the will of D. Yeah, what's really going on? Tell me what's really going on. And then it happens. You know what I mean? Then he's like, so uh, you don't know where she at? No. We Oh, we you know, we can't remember. He's like, all right. Well, she asked about, she you know, she had, she had this letter where she, she talked about the will of D. And they were like, whoa, 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 huh? Like, you know what I mean? They were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So, um why are you asking about that and you know she wrote this letter and then that's when also it that's, seems to, to peak eem's interest right eem hears about, yeah, she's like, this, what about letter? this letter right that's what you think <laughs> i am still a little <laughs> i think that it's undoubtable that eem says lily here right so obviously Lily is someone that Eam is aware of. Eam is related to Lily in some way, shape, or form. For sure. They have to have had some interaction. They might be the same person. They might be related to each other in some way. But they definitely, like, there's so- there's something between Lily and Eam, right? Yeah. And... They're lovers. So the next, the next part about it is that, is that like, that's when Eam decides to come in. So Eam says, well, D, all right, let's, let's pop out. Eam comes and sits on the empty throne. Now, we have to really think about what that means in terms of, like, first of all, they were in the throne room, and I was at, my first question was, why are we even in the throne room? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We could have been anywhere else. But I guess, you know, they were like, oh, I guess, I don't know, it's Cobra, so, like, he's kind of, he's kind of, like, well, a celestial dragon, like I would say. I don't know, like, he's... Well, he has also, some standing. I won't. I will say that they wanted uh, a few. Cha- it might have been last chapter. The steward guy tells Steli to sit on the Iron Throne to make his pledge or whatever. So it's not like people are not allowed in there. You think people are allowed in there? I. I mean, Steli it's interesting. In I mean, that's true. And I mean, it's Steli interesting. Is a lower rank than Cobra would be. It's just a noble, right? Yeah, just a regular noble. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I just didn't. I, I just didn't imagine them having this this conversation with them in there. But I, I, I mean, don't it, think it all, like everybody and their brother is allowed in there. But people are allowed facts. in there. Facts, facts, certain facts, certain facts, people facts. are allowed in there. Right, right. I mean, Cobra, Cobra. In, in my mind, he passes the uh, the statue of limits. Like, I, I, I'm cool with him being in there. Like, you know what I mean? If some people would be in there, I'd be like, oh, nah, bro. Yeah, but the, he, Cobra's fine. Um, oh man, this color. So, pick the color for the colored panel. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, so also, like I was saying earlier, that Samurai Gandhi guy, my my man looks a little uh, in that one panel. He looks a little like he's gonna pull up with the with the. He gets mad. He he, He gets mad. He he gets upset when he asks about the uh, Willoughby for sure. When he asks about the Willoughby, so then. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Yep. Okay. Let's do it. All right, I will now present to you proof that Eam is Lily. Okay. okay. So we got the obvious. Eam is introduced immediately after Cobra's talking about Lily, how she never made it home, the letter that she wrote, the will of D, etc. Now, that could definitely be a red herring, but at the very least, Eam and Lily are related in some way, shape, or form. 
Okay. I think so. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, now, it would make sense why the Gorosei still treat the Nefertari family with respect, despite them being traitors, since Eam is from Alabasta. Now, mm-hmm. on that same note, why would they even call Cobra a traitor if they know the truth? Right? Because right. It, because that doesn't make sense. But maybe they don't know who Eam really is. Maybe they just know Eam as Eam. It's possible. So, wait. So, when did they call Cobra a traitor again? Before the meeting. When they're walking to the throne room. They say... Got you. Um, why are we even granting a meeting with this traitor? Ah, I see. Okay. Um... Which is interesting that they still did let him into the throne room, even... I I just don't see them being super respectful. But I think it's possible that maybe they're only... Maybe they're granting him an audience at Eam's request, right? Maybe they do think that the Nefertaris are traitors, but Eam says, I want you to talk to Cobra. I want to know what Cobra has to say, because she knows about this letter and everything. Even if she's not Lily, she knows about the letter and shit. Like, that seems obvious because she's listening in on the conversation and everything like wait almost waiting for him to say something that gives her an excuse to walk out there right exactly so i'm not convinced that eem that the gorosei know eem's real identity either we don't know if they're all the same age you know right i mean they 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 it's not necessarily like you said they could just know eem is eem i don't think they necessarily know who eem is and they just yeah, they just they just uh, they just carry out what Eam like. They know that what their purpose is. They follow their they follow the lead. They do what they're supposed to do, but they don't they don't know who Eam is. Does that make sense? Yes, that's yes. They they know that it's their boss, but right. she could have a whole secret identity they don't know about. Okay, exactly. Next point, we seem um, we seem sorry, we see Eam. we see Eam. <laughs> We see Eam stabbing photos a couple chapters ago, right? Or it might have been during the Reverie chapters. Um, right. Specifically, she has Shirahoshi, Blackbeard, Luffy, and Vivi. Why? Mm-hmm. Why would she choose to stab Vivi's photo? My pet theory right. is that Eam can control Uranus. Um, and maybe Vivi can too, if she's a descendant of Eam. Maybe... Maybe Vivi is a legitimate threat to Eames um, reign. That see that I will say of all the of all of your points that at least at least I had heard earlier, <laughs> that one is is the one that I, I I give the most weight because I also feel like Vivi that like Vivi has a purpose beyond like now that we've heard of all of this stuff like this mention of Arabasta and yeah, the first Cobra going there. Like, it seems it so seems much. like it seems like Vivi's like there's a big thing going on with Vivi, right? Mm-hmm. So and that also like them being like one of the celestial I mean not celestial dragons, sorry, ancient weapons. Or help or like one of the conduits for the ancient weapons mm-hmm. would make sense to me. And, that's and like why you said, it makes sense that she's stabbing Shirahoshi's photo because Shirahoshi can one hundred percent control like she is an ancient weapon. She has power right. of an ancient weapon. So maybe Vivi can also control an ancient weapon and it's uh, Uranus. Right. And uh, 
it we we know about the uh I call it the 16 heavenly bullets the the doflamingo the doflamingo said but that was the like the the thing we saw destroy Lelouchia. It's very interesting that Eam, it seems like Eam can control that, right? And that could be that could be your ancient weapon right there and then Vivi if Vivi is the descendant of Lily would be able to do that as well. Just like as Sherahoshi is the descendant of Poseidon and she is able to do as well. That would make perfect sense to me. So that one, I'm like, okay, I could see that. I could see that being a a reason why Eam would want Vivi gone, and also like make sense for uh, Eam to be Lily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Next point. This isn't like as strong as the last one, but I think it bears mentioning. Um, Eam's clothing kind of looks like desert type clothing, like clothing like that you would see people wear in a desert climate like she is fully clothed with a veil long sleeves like right yeah so there's that that's true not that's not bulletproof but is there (laughs) Um, no for sure this next thing you actually brought up so we got lily l-i-l-i tt vivi's mother which is t-i-t-i and Vivi, V-I-V-I. Yep. Now, maybe that's just how they spell the names in Alabasta, but it seems like, I don't know. Yeah, no, that could, that it, could have a pattern. It, it gives you another tie to Lily and Vivi if we're going with the theory that Vivi can control an ancient weapon. Right. And uh, also, like, a point that I, I had brought up was just, like, I this is this is also, like, kind of not like i said not bulletproof but it would be a interesting nugget was that the the arc when the straw hat pirates are officially called the straw hat pirates is at the end of arabasta when smoker is uh was talking about them he talks about them as the straw hat pirates and the first time we see eem eem is going into a chamber that has a frozen straw hat there so that would be also interesting if Oda had some crazy foreshadowing in that way, and it was like, "Yo, you know, like he put this is gonna go back the sh- to Alabasta some way somehow." Yeah, this is this 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 connects to, to Alabasta. So that would be interesting if that was that was also um, something that I thought about as well. All right, um, Oda loves his perception versus reality, and that'd be a great yeah. fucking plot twist. That the only good celestial dragon turns out to be literally the worst one yo it's totally possible you know like like i was saying earlier every time you think you know he's like ah gotcha yes. <laughs> um, so that would that'd be crazy okay this isn't this i have no proof of this but this is a theory that i have made my head canon um i think it's possible that the nefertari's lily in particular is part of the d clan um now i'm with you Something about her or the D clan in general makes her worthy to be king of the world. Whether I don't know what it is, I don't know. I'm not saying like uh, like a god given right. I mean something about like her personality, her tenacity, her ability to rally people. Something of that nature gives her the ability yes. to become the king of the world. Now, the reason that we now think of the D clan as the natural enemies of gods is because potentially. The other D clan members would have the gumption or something to dethrone her. So they are her enemies. She is God for all intents and purposes. 
So she has that's what, labeled them the enemies of God. Because they're the enemy of her yes. her standing, basically, right? Yes. That's a that's an interesting point. And I it also would make sense in terms of like if you look at the five people, or was it four or five people? It was Luffy, Blackbeard, Sharahoshi, Vivi. Vivi, and who was the last one? I think that was it. Okay, so those four, did I say four or five? I can't even, I can't count right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> four people. Um, the thing about the four of them is Shirahoshi has the ability to control the Sea Kings, right? But she has the, so she has the ability to ha basically have people, like have control over people or have people come to her, right? Like rally around her. We have Luffy, same way. Blackbeard is the evil version of Luffy. And then we have Vivi, right? And a Vivi, Luffy, Blackbeard were all D Clan members. And the Shirahoshi was an ancient weapon. Or if Vivi is potentially a D Clan member and an ancient weapon, mm -hmm. or like conduit for an ancient weapon, that would be very interesting. Like those were the those are the people that Eam picked, right? Like people that could directly affect like Dragon. He's trying to do all this stuff. Like, no, bro. You're, you know what I mean? Like, you're not you're not my focus. I'm focused on the people that can really, like, dethrone me in terms of, like, the person themselves, right? And even then, Dragon has the D, right? But... Hmm. Yeah, he does. I just... Yeah, he does. Um, it just seems that... Um, and that time I used Dragon correctly. And yeah. uh, this... <laughs> <laughs> but just, like, Luffy and Blackbeard, obviously, we know, we know that they are trying to be Pirate King. They're so... trying to unearth, unearth the One Piece. Um, I just went back to 908 to take a look at the pictures to make sure we had that right. Mm -hmm. um, Vivi's photo is not cut up. Mm. Um, so Shirahoshi is stabbed in the eye. Luffy right. and Blackbeard's photos are cut up. She is carrying Vivi's photo onto the throne, it looks like. Unless she drops it right before she starts walking up. We see a close-up of her holding a photo of Vivi, and then we see her ascending to the throne. Interesting. So, I don't also, know if, if she actually physically brought it onto the throne with her or what, but she does not destroy it. That's interesting. Is that the same chapter when um when Eam shows up on the... No, that's that's that might be a little bit later. But when Eam... Goes into the straw hat thing, but how, what chapter was that? Because um, in that chapter, I'm pretty sure Eam is holding Luffy's wanted poster as they go into the chamber with the straw hat, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, that, that just emotional support pen that I've been chewing on this whole time. <laughs> Now you gotta have to disinfect it. So like, no, I'm kidding. But um. All right, let's see. So, nine oh six. She's holding a stack of wanted posters. Luffy's on top. Yes. And I so will I guess be that was. To Eam is she, and I won't stop. And I will be referring to Eam as they until I know, <laughs> or Eam as I, until I know. But um. <laughs> No, nah, I feel you. She is holding another wanted poster behind Luffy's, but we can't see it. I don't know if that is significant or if that was just an artistic right. choice or what. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And it's also interesting that Eam did not come out when uh, Shanks slash Shanks' brother, evil twin, was there. 
but when Cobra was there and asked about Lily, he did come out. So or she could that she they they came out. <laughs> um yeah. so in that in that instance, mm-hmm. it's very interesting too that, you know, this Lily thing definitely was was more it was more there's more it weight to it. Her. Yeah, it was it was more weight to it Something than about just it uh for sure. Um and then my final theory is um Eam is not Lily, but is a vampire. And she ate Lily. Bruh. That would, I, I can't put it outside and of the realm of possibility. She is eating guards to maintain her immortality. Like that uh that queen that would like kill little girls and bathe in their blood. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's what Eam's doing. Oh my god, you think that's I mean it's I mean there's definitely it's definitely something well one, if this is Lily, how did you survive eight hundred years? I, um that's the first question so, right like i i think that's very obvious obviously um, the first question <laughs> well obviously like a really popular theory with eam is that she possesses like some type of water fruit or something um like mother ocean kind of thing so i don't think it would be impossible for her to grant if she does have that to grant herself and other people immortality um hmm That'd be interesting. I mean, also, like, you know, we we know of the immortality surgery is not really immortality surgery. It's just like, I'm guessing, you know, like laws, right? Mm-hmm. Is more the rest of your lifespan is given to somebody else. That's what it seems like to me. Right. So it's more like big that. moms. It's more like big mom's fruit versus like immortality, if that makes sense. <laughs> um. So it would be interesting if Eam themselves could give immortality or just like keep themselves uh, immortal. Well, maybe yeah. And, maybe they're only immortal so long as the holder of the fruit or whatever it is is alive. So if Eam were to die, maybe they would also die. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about like um, Aramaki, right? When or uh, Greenbull when he when he was talking about not eating for several days or several years or whatever. Like he's he's plants, so he can like uh, photosynthesis and stuff. Photosynthesis. Right? <laughs> exactly. So like it's it's interesting that like he's able to like sustain his body even if he, and then he can like basically um suck nutrients out of other people mm-hmm. and retain his form and keep his you know keep himself alive. So like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe like you said vampire earlier, but maybe you know maybe Eam is able to do something similar. Oh, maybe like she does have a water fruit and she's like straight up blood blended. Like blood blood, bl- blood bending. Like yeah, blood bending. Like, like Katara. Or or. Or she's like, uh, she's fishman karateing to the highest level and like is sucking nutrients out of stuff, like, you know, water and nutrients I, out of stuff. <laughs> I do, I, like, all jokes aside, though, I think it's highly suspicious that they don't just lock the fucking room to the, the door to the throne room. Like, they, they're letting. Left that joint open. They're letting these guards go in there only for them to get disappeared. They're getting suicided by the Clintons. Like, I don't, under, I don't, something's going on. That's true, but also I think it's like the uh, the commotion caused. Are you talking about like in this chapter when they were talking about like how the guards were? Yeah, the guards keep going missing after they enter into the throne room. Yeah, I think that's part. Part of that is part of that is they get they they they've been spread thin first of all, like because of the whole um, you know everything that's going on in Mary's while they were spread thin, and then they're like. Oh, you know why that is? Because somebody got into the phantom room. So I'm guessing that like that could be, that could be like in reference to what happened afterwards. 
like how everyone like we don't we don't exactly know the timeline between Sabo and Cobra. This seems to be happening maybe at the same time, or maybe it was a little bit before. But maybe that's part of why they're spread so thin. But I don't I don't know. I don't think that they I don't think that because they saw the throne room they were eaten, but it's possible. The guy says they're all gone because they saw it, the legendary phantom room. Yeah, but I mean, we we saw people in there. They could have just got killed. But I mean, it's so it's only totally, like I said, it's totally possible that it was uh, Eam. I think the, that like people like yeah, like Steli was in there. So obviously, certain people are allowed in there. I thought the implication was they went in there while Eam was in there, and I don't understand why the door would not be locked if Eam were in there, unless Eam wants to eat them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't. It's also possible they went in there when there was when Eam wasn't in there, right? I mean, it's there. There, def, there's definitely there's definitely something to it, though. I definitely think that the the guard that was mentioned for a reason, and the guards aren't just uh. There might be there might be maybe the incident that occurs next, is why they are not there, or maybe we'll see some of what uh what happens, or maybe we won't. Like you know what I mean? It's possible we don't hear about what happened to those guards. Yeah. I think we're going back to Egghead after this because... You think we're going back to Egghead? <laughs> we got Oda, Oda, Oda. Please. I know there's a break next week, my guy. While you're sitting on break week, please think about how you're going to show me Eam next chapter because I can't handle it. You can't show me this much of a flashback and then cut away. Though I know that you, you're you you're totally possible you're totally possible that you do this, but like, bro, come on, please. Please, 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 please. We see Eam sitting on the phone. Can I get Eam's face next chapter? Oda's going to be like... So Bonnie's an egghead. Come on, Oda. <laughs> I yeah, but we we gotta figure out what's going on with Bonnie too, though. Like she's been in that bubble for a hot sec. She has been in the bubble for a hot sec, and also like you were saying earlier, what, what? How did she end up leaving? Like we don't know how she ended up leaving. She's she said she was gonna leave, but then she, we haven't seen her leave right, yet. So, so she's still around. She when we you and I have talked about this. Um, when she tells Luffy that she has to tell him something about Sabo. Does she witness whatever is about to go down in this room? Yeah, I totally think she does. I totally think she see she saw a little bit more than just just like up she with she read just meeting up with Sabo and being like, oh yeah, he was there, bro. He was trying to save Kuma. Yeah, I don't I think don't, that was it. She wouldn't care enough about Luffy or his feelings to just be like, oh hey, I saw even him mention it. that to even mention that, right? Like, yeah, there's no way. So I definitely think she sees part of it. Um, so yeah, and I think that we got to see what happened with the, uh, with the attempted, the, the, the fallout of the attempted murder of Celestial Dragon. Like, for all the Will of D stuff, and Lily, and Nefertari family, and Cobra, not Dragon, but Dragon, and Cobra. <laughs> Cobra, and Dragon, and Dragon, Dragon. And Dragon, Dragon, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and then uh, what did, like, Robin's already read about this in the paper. We talked about that, too. She tells Luffy, like, oh, there's some other stuff in the paper. Do you want to hear about it? And he's like, nah. Nah, because it was Kobe. There was Kobe. There was all of this. There's just there's so many things happening, and it's it's so hard to gauge what happened at what time because we were in Wano and this was happening concurrently, and there was different things going on. But I can't wait until we get to the end of this Rivery flashback and see what the the impact. Like obviously, we know these Riveries are are big events because there's 50 nations there and all that type of stuff. But like the impact of this particular rivery is probably going to change 
the whole landscape of the world going forward. Like there will probably the next river will probably be a whole different system, right? Or like a whole different uh Oh yeah, it's gonna be like organization. Yeah, it's gonna be a or it's gonna whole be whole different organization of of what the world government means and all that type of stuff. Cause like all the stuff with Luffy and this I feel like it's gonna come to a head soon. Like it's not gonna be four years from now, right? Like so this is the last quote unquote reverie of the old period. So the attempted murder of a Celestial Dragon, we have uh we have a former warlord that's being a slave that tried to capture another world noble. We have Cobra coming in here talking and talking to them about the will of D. We have them we you know what I mean? We have Eam sitting on the throne while Cobra's there and the Gorosei freaking out. We have Sabo running around saving saving slaves and crushing the food lines for the uh, for the celestial dragons and all that stuff like that like it's this is a very and and uh we got the revolutionary army clashing with admirals and stuff like that like this is this is probably the craziest reverie that's that's happened and also i didn't even mention the abolishment of the warlords and now we have the seraphim and all that type of stuff too so like Mm -hmm. this is one of the craziest reveries that ever happened or probably the craziest one uh, bar the first one, because I'm sure there was <laughs> I'm sure there was something crazy that happened at the first one. But like, so it's very interesting to like. I can't wait till we're able to like see everything that happened, have all of those reverie chapters, and then able to digest it in a different way. But as we're going through it, it's very interesting to like you know go have talking points and then see when you're right, when you're wrong. Um, Eam's not a girl. Eam is they. But <laughs> um, my theory, I don't. I don't. Okay, my theory for Eam, right? When I first when I first heard Eam, right, and we got the whole rocks thing, and I saw the silhouette of rocks, I was like, "That's definitely rocks, right?" But now I've come to grips with the fact that rocks is inside of Blackbeard. At least that's my that's my that's my head cannon. So if rocks is inside of Blackbeard, that that makes sense. That's cool. Then it can't be rocks. And then it can't be rocks. So who is it? So if I if you want to go, I mean, you'll have to. I'm not your I'm not your parent. Um, mm-hmm. but if you go back to, there is a silhouette of Lily when Nef- Cobra first mentions her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, I mean, obviously we don't see much of her, but I mean, that could be her. That could be Eam. Like, it's a... Oh, for sure. Also, for sure. Ha- uh, this could mean nothing, but the we can't see, her crown is cut off by the, uh, chat bubble. It is. But, I see that. I know exactly what you're saying. Eam's crown essentially looks like a longer, pointier version of that crown. Of of that crown. That's very true. And um, not all world nobles' crowns look like that because, like, they have like some, you know, like like the one that Luffy's wearing and the the cover of this one. Like some of right, exactly. Like that, so it's not like they have like a, just a generic crown. So that's very true um yeah so i i just really trying to think of like who eam could be and i've kind of come to the conclusion that eam is like eam is probably either lily or somebody that lily i think i don't think that eam is lily right but i do think that eam is somebody from that time period i think eam is 800 years old i do think that eam is an old person and is not is not a is not a uh not like a new, newer. No, this is not figure. an elected position. No, right. This is a. This is I've had this position since it began. Type of position. So I think that's definitely true. I've been hearing the rumblings of like 
Joy Boy having a crew, and maybe this is one of Joy Boy's uh, oh, yeah. crewmates or something like that. We did talk about but, that possibility that um, yeah. the original Joy Boy crew would have been like Joy Boy, Lily, um, Poseidon, Zunesha. It's possible. So I think that this person is probably. Uh, it could be, it could be Lily, but it's somebody that was part of the original Twenty Kingdoms, was a celestial dragon, quote unquote, and kind of so like the wanted to the thing. The thing about it is, Eam is like you said, Eam is keeping control the way that they are, and trying to like use that the enemy, the gods that we were talking about earlier, and all that type of stuff. But like, what is Eam's goal, right? Because, like, we have, we know what Luffy's goal is, kind of. We don't know his, his whole dream, but, like, we know he wants to be Pirate King, right? Like, B- Blackbeard wants to rule the world, right? Like, is Eam content ruling the world? Like, why would Lily not go, not go up there or, quote, unquote, not go up there, want to go back and then end up as the queen, right? Like, there would have to have been some thing that happened. So, my... My thought process is kind of like maybe Eam is like a, a seraphim, but from like the ancient century, like from like the like like before when technology was a thing, mm-hmm. and they uh, first started making devil fruits and stuff. What if Eam was just like the first, like the first, maybe he had the first devil fruit or something like that, yeah. and that that that's the person that it is. I like um, the idea that Eam had the first devil fruit. Right, and then they were able to. They like maybe the first first devil fruit was like immortality or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And then that's how they that's how they've been able to live for so long or whatever. And or like you know like you like uh, Tekking. I was listening to Tekking. He was bringing up the idea of like blank slate devil fruits. Kind of. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the holy knights, and he was like maybe you because you know how you can manifest your will. Like humans manifesting their will is basically how devil fruits are made, right? Like they want something, they ask for it it becomes a devil fruit, right? So he was saying like, maybe there's devil fruits that are blank and you can kind of like manifest your will on it and it becomes a, you know what I mean? Like it becomes a, a a devil fruit based on what you wanted. And those are the devil fruits that the Holy Knights got or the God's Knights got is like devil fruits that were suited to them specifically. And maybe Eam got the first devil fruit and was able to like, like maybe Eam, Eam's will was the one that made the first devil fruit and Eam wanted to like, oversee the the nations you know like the whole the whole plan right because you know like the creation of the world like i want to oversee the creation of the world and be the leader be the mother of the sea basically um so that their fruit gave them immortality in in which to do so so you know that's that make sense yeah and that's interesting that you say that because let's say that it's lily is not eem and lily is not or eem is not a d clan member and lily's Okay, so in this situation, Eames created the first double fruit out of the desire to be, like, the ultimate ruler, right? And -hmm. then they start uh, conquering, like, nations and stuff, right? And then Nika, or Joy Boy, whoever, you know, like, the the first one, Nika, their will is to liberate people, right? And then maybe the Nika fruit is the direct opposite of Eames' fruit, and, yeah, and it could be. That's could be. why Eam spends all of her time, like, it's got to, you got it, like, you, 
okay, and if we're scratching my my previous theory, it would be a full-time job trying to fend off the natural enemy of God if you are God. Facts. That's your job, yeah. If Nika fruit is the direct opposition to your fruit, like, that's a very, very real problem. If we are talking about, I mean, we're talking about gods here, literally, at this point. I've always had a theory, right? And my theory is that the, the you know, like the Eam and everything that Luffy has to do, he's able to do it because of certain things. And to, to oppose Eam, you need to have all of these things. One of them is Conker's Hockey, right? Because that makes sense, you know, like manifesting your will in those, th- those types of things. The second thing is the Devil Fruit. Because I think that it's really, like, interesting, the dynamic of, you know, being hated by the sea and her being the sea and you using the opposite power. You know how every anime works. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or using, like, either the same power as the the, uh, antagonist or using, like, the antithesis of their power to be the the best. So I think that having a devil fruit is... Right, that no one ever was. Roger wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And okay, so hockey, Conquers hockey, definitely number one thing because also like uh, Kaido was saying about Roger, that's what that's how Roger ruled the seas, right? It was his hockey. So you have the you have the will, the strongest will. You have a devil fruit, and in in Luffy's case, he has not only has he has a god fruit, but basically what the what his fruit allows him to do is he has the creativity. And he can make basically whatever he wants, right? Literally so, anything. Anything that yeah. you can think of. Right. So, like, he has versatility, like, crazy. Literally, like, you know what I mean? Like, he... Like, like, a little kid, like, playing a game where they're like, oh, I shot you. No, no, you didn't. I created a force field at the last second. And I deflected it. He can do that. Ex- exactly. Like, literally, that's what, he, that's what he's on right now. So, those two things. And then he has the voice of all things which I think was going to be important in this whole uh, Will of D situation. Because a lot of the people we see with the voice of all things are D-Clan members. And then also, um, like, the Will of D. Like, he has all of those things. He has literally, like, all of the power systems in One Piece. He basically has them all. Um, and all of the important to the to the grand scheme of thing things. Like, you know, like the, the Will of D, uh, Conqueror's Hockey. Like, he has all of that. So it was very interesting that Luffy is the one that is opposing Eam. And, like, he needs, obviously, he needs the ancient weapons and all that type of stuff. But, like, him having all of, like, the strongest will, the greatest versatility, that's the only way you can overcome the god of gods, right? It's basically to be, the like, a, a god yourself. You know what I mean? And be truly so that's it's interesting. And be truly free. And be the warrior of liberation, right? So that's that's really interesting how, like, it's like, oh... He he is the he's the antithesis of gods because he is almost as um how do I say it? He's as able to manifest things as they are, right? Where it's like, you know how gods create things, especially in um ancient texts and stuff like that. Where it's like Luffy can literally like almost create anything he wants. He has one of the strongest, if not the strongest, wills. You know what I mean? So he can manifest things. So like all of the, all of those, um, all of those little like uh, nuggets that Oda drops about being, and he has the freedom as well. 
right? Because that's one thing that Eam doesn't really have is like, Eam is the god of gods. You have to fight the enemy of the gods. You're stuck up in marriage your while. Yeah, like she, you said, that's a full-time job. Yeah, she can't leave. She can't, all, like, all she has time to do is play with her butterflies. Right. That's, like, that's it. We can just chill at Pangea and that's it. I can't do anything else. So, like, Luffy When's has the, the freedom time? as well. Eam needs a vacation. When is the last time she got to put her feet up? Honestly. That's a very good question, you know. It must it must have been uh, at the last cleansing. <laughs> it must have been during the last cleansing or after after they uh they erased um after they erased Lelucia, they sat up for a bit and was like, Oh, I'll take a little break, you know. <laughs> we got that out the way. I but wonder, um, do you think that like since nobody knows that Eam exists, that you think like the Gorosei have to rub her feet and shit? Because it's not like she has like a handmaid. That's also very true. How does even even exist? So that, it it would it would also liken it to the fact like we were talking about earlier, or like I was talking about earlier, like this person is uh, this person is like beyond regular, like this you know like they have regular human things, but they're kind of like old as hell. Like <laughs> they've been around for a while. And they because it's also just like you can't like you said you can't send a handmaid in there and be like oh yeah help help Eam. So Eam must be doing things themselves. Like it, it, it does. It definitely seems like Eam, Eam not like the type of like Eam's not a celestial dragon. Eam's not like Charlos, where it's like I'm gonna ride on Kuma. Like Eam walks the places. You know what I mean? Eam doesn't have somebody that like carries picks them up on, on a, yeah, yeah, carries them around. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not that's not the type of person Eam seems to be. Eam walked through to, into the chambers when they yeah, found the uh, the, uh, the straw hat earlier. I, I also the the demeanor in which Eam like walks up and thumps down on the throne is very funny to me. Because yeah, for sure, she's the god of all gods, and she's just like like a, a I'm walking. cavalier maybe oh. is the word I'm looking for. Like very right, just, like non like. Not a care in the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh. Y'all having a conversation about the will of D? Let me join. Oh, Lily, I haven't heard that in a while. Literally, come really talk about that. I, I, like, I really are. I think it's highly plausible that the next sentence that Eam says is Lily. I haven't heard that name in years. Yo, it it, it totally feels like that's where it's going. <laughs> And it's like, oh, I haven't heard that name in years. Bro, it's been 800 years, my guy. It's, it's, it's been a few. It's been 800 years. But yeah, um, unless you have anything else, I guess that is uh, our episode for today. Um, this is uh, Dean and Momo. Yep. I hope you enjoyed. We'll see, we'll catch y'all in the next episode. There's a break next week, so we might do a little uh, in-break episode. I don't think we really figured out what we're going to do yet. We might but do a reverie recap. That sounds great. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.